Hi again, everybody. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. This is the destination for high performers. We talk to CEOs, we talk to athletes, we talk to scientists, people just doing really cool things in their space, and things that hopefully we can hear a bit about their journey and, and some of the tips and tricks that they're using that we can apply in our own lives as well. Um, so uh, I know that I have one of those guests today, really excited about our guest that's coming up. Just before we jump into that, um, if you've been listening to the podcast for a little bit, you know that uh, Epitome Sportswear is uh, aligned with us and, and uh, they're really kind of designed to be able to unlock your potential and perform at your best. And that can be in a bunch of different ways because they, like us, believe in whole life success. And so it might be being able to use it in a nice tough workout, but it might also be going out and, and taking a hike in the woods with a friend or, or maybe going to your child's game and making sure that you're comfortable for that. So, um, you know, again, their uh, motto is live life fully aligns really nicely with us and it's important that they also give back to the community that they serve as well they are working to impact the inequities in opportunity for girls and women in sport Um, and for that reason a portion of their profits go directly to organizations and initiatives that support girls in sports so um, if you go to our instagram profile you'll see that in the bio so you can take a look at it there or just go to epitome e-p-i-t-o-m-e sportswear.com and uh, and check that out and see if it uh, fits for you as well um, so now, uh, you know, I'm really happy to be able to have uh, this conversation. Um, Ashley Horner is a fitness celebrity. Lots of people will kind of know her, um, but she's a hybrid athlete. She's a professional fitness competitor, ultra runner, triathlete, and an entrepreneur. So she's got this really great background. She's authored and sold over a million copies of her different training programs worldwide. Um, in addition to being a big influencer in the fitness world, um, her entrepreneurial side is really impressive as well. She owns multiple businesses, which I, I hope we get to talk talk about a little bit today. She's the owner of a fitness facility, a children's fitness community, um, and also has um, American Brew, which is a really cool kind of combination of a coffee shop and whiskey bar. So um, uh, a couple of really cool things. And and so, Ashley, I know that uh, you've got lots going on, a really kind of busy uh, time for you, but, um, you know, thanks for taking the time, first of all. Yeah, thank you for, thank you for having me on here. Looking forward yeah. to it. Well, uh, you know, obviously, um, fitness and training is, is important to you, but maybe um, if we could start, I know you played high-level soccer in, in your background. Have, have you always been an athlete? Like, have you been a multi-sport kind of person, or how has that worked for you? I started out doing, I did dance, and I think dance for me, like ballet and, and tap was a little bit too slow, so my mom ended up putting me into gymnastics, and I really like gymnastics. And at the time, I started doing soccer as well, and I had to uh, basically just choose between either soccer or gymnastics. And so I chose soccer as my sport to kind of carry me through like my childhood and then my adolescence. But I've played pretty much all sports except for golfing and <laughs> basketball. I tried playing basketball and tennis, and I was just horrible at it. But I have tried pretty much all the sports. Yeah, you kind of jump jump into them and see how they go, and most of them. Well, I mean, you've you've done this great thing where you've combined what you like to do and and also have multiple streams of of things kind of under your umbrella. Um, and I, I just want to go back a little bit when when you looked at you know you were whether you were doing soccer or some of those different things. When did it come come to your mind to be able to um, translate your knowledge and your experience and those different things into um, helping others and being able to do it? even kind of online at an early stage where a lot of people hadn't done a whole lot of that as yet? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I was really intimidated um, 
with the with the weight room. Like my background is in in soccer. You know, it's primarily an endurance sport. Um, a lot of like power with soccer, but nothing. I, you know, maybe in high school I went to a couple weight training sessions with my my soccer team there. But I was always under the impression that lifting weights as a female would just make you super muscular and have you know quote unquote a man's body. Yeah. And I was already extremely just I had an athletic build to me, and so I was really insecure going in and and lifting weights for the first time and navigating what the social norm at the time, you know, like women didn't really lift weights or they weren't in, in the dark rooms with, you know, the guys lifting the iron. It, it was more like an intimidation. Um, and so the moment that, that all of that changed and my mindset changed, and I actually uh, had the confidence to start lifting weights and that confidence that the weights and the iron instilled in me, I wanted to share that and how empowering and um, just how much it made myself as a female who I was definitely um, very shy and timid through high school, um, how the iron transformed me, not only physically, but emotionally as well. I wanted to share that with other women and men too. Yeah. And, and have you, um, because you've been doing this for a while now and, and you'd mentioned that, um, you know, at the, when, when you started, there was a real kind of difference in, in people's perception around it. Have you seen that change? Like, have you seen that the perception of a, a strong female has, has changed over that time period as you've been doing this? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it, whenever, I mean, this would have been like 15 years ago, yeah. Um, at the time, whenever I was in high school, my mom did like step aerobics and, um, just, you know, stuff with like high volume, like just lots of reps and the smaller dumbbells. And that was really all I was accustomed to. I remember like kind of watching my mom and then, you know, seeing her start to pick up like even heavier weights, like even in like the aerobics classroom in the setting. And it really just kind of got my, uh, curiosity going and ultimately like taking that path of like how I can push my body and move my body. And now you're starting to see it. All of these badass females everywhere are starting to come out of the trenches, if you will. And they're realizing how empowering it is to just to lift heavy and how much it builds just your confidence and not just in the weight room. It's, it's, it's your confidence and your resilience with, with life in the world. Yeah. Well, and how, um, so you get to see so much of that because, you know, you've, you've built a real community around what you do. Um, how much of what you do is that inspiration that comes back to you? Like, do you see a lot of those stories where people have, have changed and, and how does that impact you, impact you as the person who's training them or how it's from, you know, the content that you've put out, how does that impact you personally? Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of, there's this YouTube video that I put out like, I, I, there wasn't even an Instagram, like a Instagram social media. I think it was still MySpace that was floating yeah. around. And I did this self vlog that if I could change one life, if I can impact and save one life, then my job is done. And, um, at, at the root of everything that I, that I do to my day to day, to just all the projects, it's, that's truly the impact that I, I want to have on everybody. I want to, to leave a lasting impact and hopefully, um, empower them to go out and be courageous. But, uh, it's very, it's, it's surreal. It's really surreal to see 
and to hear about some of the lives impacted and it's um it's gratifying it's the best part of of what i do yeah well and and so the other thing is is that you know you now i mean you mentioned that um things have kind of changed over time a little bit that um you know you started with um social media as it was years ago i guess um now it's quite different you've built a really big following um that probably comes with um you know great stuff but it also probably comes with it's a bit of a double edged sword too because you probably also deal with a lot of negativity and things like that how do you personally um uh, how do you cut through that like how do you focus on the good stuff that comes out of that and and make sure that the other stuff doesn't impact you um yourself and oh, and your community i guess yeah that's a great question people have to understand that you know, you have this idea that once you get so successful or, or build like this amount of following or even become like verified on social media that uh, the like the naysayers, and the negativity, it, like the hate is, is going to stop. And actually it, it doesn't. People, people are out there and they, they want to see you fail. And, um, you, you know, if I would have if I would have quit at the first negative comment that came across, uh, you know, my Internet's screen. I I wouldn't have even lasted a week. Like people have to understand that this is a journey that they're doing for themselves. It's not about what their mom is doing. It's not about like what their aunts or their cousins or, you know, you, you have to understand that you're doing it for yourself and you have to accept the fact that when you're on this journey, that it's, it's going to be lonely at times. It's going to be lonely at times, but whenever you learn to, to distance the negativity and to kind of push back the naysayers, um, you are creating space and opportunity for new people to come into your life that they don't have to have the same goal as you, but they can be walking down a very, very similar path. And so the negativity, it's always, it's always going to be out, be out there. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how successful you become or how good you become at what you're doing. It's oh, there's always going to be haters always. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so when you go into, because uh, you have to get past that, you have to help other people get past some of that negativity as well. Um, how do, how have you tackled that, especially now, a lot of your stuff, um, especially after COVID and some of those things, uh, uh, so much of your work is done um, at a distance from people. So how do, you, um, how do you help kind of create that mindset for people as well, even just in their own personal lives? Because that is a big part of your programs is how do you, how do you get that um, confidence, I guess, that, that comes along with um, you know, transforming your body as well. Um, how, do you, how do you really approach making sure that that gets across in all of your programs and the way that you build community? Mm-hmm. Um, I like to tell people that they have to have a, for every action that we do throughout the course of the day, we have a motive, right? Um, you have to find the reason and be able to identify your why and what motivates you. When you think about the root word of motivation, it's motive. And it comes back to like, what is your purpose or what is your reasoning for starting on this journey in the first place? And what I like to tell people is that like that, that motive and your purpose in the beginning that can change, but what happens over the course of a time, whenever you set these small goals for yourself and you, you reach those goals, those manageable goals that you know that you can reach your confidence just slowly builds over time. And, um, you know, people, they, they often think that they, they lose confidence because, sometimes they don't wake up and they don't feel motivated or inspired to get up and, you know, at 5am and go knock out and hammer out 
five miles before the kids wake up. It, it, they, people have to understand that motivation isn't, isn't a light switch. It comes back to like your purpose and building your confidence, little steps and little, little increments along the way. Yeah. And so when, when you talk about kind of building those increments, I assume you do that even yourself. Um, you know, we're heading into a new year. If you, um, you know, are you a, are you a visioning goal kind of person? Like, do you write down your goals? I mean, you've got so many streams of stuff. I'm assuming there's some kind of system you have to do just to make sure that you kind of keep everything moving along. But how do you approach your own kind of goal setting uh, as you go into a new year or however often you do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think about, uh, if you break it down, whether, you know, people have goals, we can just talk about the new year, you know, going from entering into 2022 and going all the way up to, to 2023. Yeah. You have to, you have to be able to identify like, what are your end goals? Like, where do you want to be like a year from now? And what I like to encourage people to do is to imagine that and create that and manifest that in their mind of where they want to be. And it could be in a year, it could be in five years. Um, but in detail for me, it's writing it down. And, um, whenever you figure out exactly who you are, where you want to be and what you're doing, you set those goals by going backwards and you figure out your path and your journey of where you are right now. And how are you going to get to where you want to be? And, um, you know, do you, do you work through that process with, um, you know, with clients? How do you, how do you know, like some of them will be thinking, oh yeah, but you're, you're really progressed in all of this, Ashley, cause you've got, you know, all these business, you've got all that stuff. Um, how do you translate that down to somebody who's maybe just, um, you know, thinking, wow, I'm just trying to figure out if I am too afraid to go to the gym in 2022. Like, is it, is the process different or is it just kind of the approach to it? Yeah. Um, it's, it's not different at all. Where people go wrong is they set goals that they want to achieve and they don't give themselves an adequate amount of time to achieve those goals. Every, every, anything that you can create in your mind, anything that you can manifest in, in, in your mind, you can accomplish whatever said goal it is that you want to accomplish you where people go wrong is they don't give themselves enough time or clearly understand the steps that it's going to take to get there. And so the size of the goal is irrelevant. What matters is uh, people having those hard conversations with themselves of what is it going to take to get to where I want to go and how bad do I want it? You talk, oh, that's part of it, I guess, is how bad do you want it? And, and you mentioned kind of resiliency. Um, is that something that can be taught? Are you like, do you, as you go through this process, I mean, you know, especially the last little while, resiliency is, is hard to come by, I guess, with a lot of people. Is that something that you think you can kind of teach or is it a, a habit that you can create? So being resilient is, is going through something really hard and uh, sticking it out and seeing it through and not allowing the hardships or um, the difficulty keep you from moving forward and accomplishing your goals. I believe that, you know, the toughest things that I've, that I've had to go through, whether it was um, work related, whether it was personal, whenever you come out on the other side, um, you gain strength from that. And 
a lot of people think that whenever they're dealt something really tough, um, they think that they can't get back on and, and continue on or, or that they're not good enough or they're not capable of, of achieving X, Y, Z. And it's when we push through those, those dark times, those really, really hard moments and we get to the other side, that's when our true strength and, and what we've acquired through that entire uh, time really starts to show through and shine. Yeah. Well, and you, um, you have went from being kind of you know, very fitness oriented to having to, to manage multiple businesses, all of those things. Um, how, um, I guess two questions. One is, is what has been the biggest struggle for you? Like, has there been something that, um, you know, has been most difficult in that transition to being kind of an entrepreneur as much as, as being the fitness person? Um, so that's the first question. The other one is if, um, uh, is there something that um, that you would have done differently kind of in this path that, um, you know, now that you know that someone else could learn from? Yeah, I think um, some of the, the more difficult things is, um, you know, again, because every business that I have created, it's, it's solely been out of just passion, like not having really any background and I have a restaurant, American brew. It's a coffee, whiskey bar, not having any real background in owning a restaurant or like knowing, uh, you know, how a restaurant operates to opening one within a month and being like, you know, like what the heck, like you better hold on because this is going to be a ride. And, um, I think that, um, what I've learned that has been the most difficult being a young entrepreneur is two things. People will take advantage of you if you allow it. And what I have learned is that confidence going into these situations, um, it is so, so very important. Um, The other thing that has been difficult um, is hiring the right types of people for the job that is needing to be done. So, you know, in the beginning, whenever I started my entrepreneurial journey, uh, you know, I hired a bunch of my friends. I created job jobs that like weren't really jobs and just, you know, also attached to my friends. You know, I was like, you know, like Oprah, you get a job and you get a job, you get a job without having really any like idea of like, you know, like it was this person even capable of like a job. And, um, it is really hard for, especially for young entrepreneurs, because you, you ultimately, like, it's easy for you to hire your friends because your friends are usually supportive. They're passionate about like, you know, what you're doing. You want to hang out with your friends. You want to be with your friends. So I really like to caution people uh, against hiring friends. Um, I really like to caution people about hiring their, their friends uh, for the, for the jobs and the positions that they have. Sometimes it does work. Sometimes yeah. it does work. Now I have, my mother works with me um, and it's an awesome, awesome relationship. I would say if, if, if there's a young entrepreneur who is listening to this, who is wanting to hire uh, friends or family, get everything down in clear detail. Um, what exactly the job is and what are the expectations? So many of like these things and the problems arise just because of lack of communication. If you have it written down, in a job description and if they sign a contract and it's black and white and they know exactly what they're supposed to be doing um a lot of times this can save 
a friendship or a relationship. But I like to air people on the caution of like, it's, it is really tough, but try not to hire or try not to hire and bring on your friends in the beginning. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fantastic advice because you do hear that from entrepreneurs all over because it is, I mean, you, you want to bring in people that can share your passion about something. You want to bring in somebody who you, you feel you can trust, but at the same time, it's, you don't know what you don't know a lot of the time. And so you do want to fill those gaps as much as possible. Um, actually, that brings me to, so uh, you, you've had to learn a whole bunch of different things when you go through these streams, whether it's you know, doing, learning how to do things online that changes constantly and, and some of those different things. Um, how do you, how do you have that kind of ongoing learning to make sure you stay uh, up on top of all of those things when you've got multiple streams too? Like uh, how do you personally kind of keep, keep learning all the time to make sure that you can stay ahead of all of this, uh, the changing environment, especially now? Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah, that's a great question. I, uh, it's, it's a blessing, but it's a curse. I absolutely love to do so many different things. And, and you can see anybody who follows me closely and has, you know, kind of been, uh, I guess, watching my journey for the past several years is I like I, I do everything. And in terms of being like, even like in my athletics, being a hybrid athlete, like I, I swim, I bike, I love to run. Um, I like to try to be fast. I like to try to go for distance. I like to be strong. I like to be explosive. I love, um, MMA. And a lot of that just because comes from, I guess you can say just being bored or I learned how to do something and I, I want to learn how to do something else. And, um, I, I have that curiosity of always wanting to learn, uh, new things. And, uh, oftentimes like a really good example would be my screen printing company. I don't know anything about screen printing. Uh, but I found somebody and hired somebody who knows everything about screen printing. And so together he is able to teach me and, and show me how the company, how the machines and everything operates. But I want to, that being said, it is extremely important that, as business owners, as small business owners, especially, that you have to know how your company operates from the inside out. You have to know how every single piece of equipment turns on. You need to know, I mean, there, you just, as a business owner, it doesn't matter if you bring somebody in and you have them teach you and show you, but it is imperative uh, and a responsibility of a business owner to know how a business operates the ins and outs and all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and did you, um, did you learn that just through kind of trial and error or was it um, like, did you have mentors that you had that you looked to as you went through kind of building this process or was it uh, um, you know, I I guess, which one, which one was it? Did you have many people guiding you or did you have to kind of muddle your way through most of the time? Yeah. Well, I wish I could say that I had people guiding me, but it was, it was honestly just trial and error. Like, you know, there was a company that I had that I just, I invested into. Um, and then I woke up one day and I realized I didn't have anybody running it. I didn't know how to run it. And so it was just kind of like that, that moment of like clarification. (laughs) Yeah. That like, I like, I have to know how my business operates. Like I have to know everything and, um, you don't have to know it like perfect. Right. For, I mean, at my restaurant, I can cook everything in the kitchen. I can work in the, in the kitchen with my staff. I work in the kitchen with my staff. We cook things together. Mm-hmm. 
my goal, I am not a, I'm not a cook. I'm not a chef. I need to make sure that the people that are running my business are able to do it better than I can. I can't, I can hang with like the quality and like what they're putting out in the back, but they're so much better than me. They're faster than me. And that's what I want. Like you need to know how to do these things, but you don't have to, it doesn't have to be, um, like a, a perfect skill set that you have, if that makes sense. Yeah. Cause I, I, and some people I think, um, you know, like to, when they're hiring, they often hire people that aren't, uh, you know, that are, that they can feel that they know better than. And, and I think that there's a certain amount in, and maybe, I don't know if you agree with this or not, is, is um, it takes a certain amount of confidence in yourself to be able to be okay with hiring people that are better than you at something. And that's, it's kind of the recipe of success is being able to be confident enough in yourself to be able to hire people that are better than you at a certain function. Like, does, is, is that true? Like, it, does it take some of that confidence and, and, and almost uh, an honesty with yourself to be able to do that? I, I do. And um, for a company to grow, you have to constantly build the leadership and the skill sets that's within your company. That's the only way a business can grow. However, it's important, and I have experienced this with some of my businesses, that you have to have strict guidelines and orders of operation on how things are going to be ran. Because what you want to avoid, these are two different things. It's one, you do want employees in there that can do it better than you, but you don't want employees coming in and telling you how you can do it better or telling you what you should be doing. Because if you've already laid out the framework, you know, and I've had this where, where I have had cooks came, come in. I have had people come into my business and all of a sudden they just start changing things and without understanding why they don't ask, why are you doing something this way? They think, um, that they have a better way of doing something. And this is, this is why it kind of goes back whenever I first started, you know, a lot of my businesses, I, I didn't have, um, I didn't have any like order of operations. I didn't have uh, just even like basic stuff, like like a handbook of, of why I do things the way that I do them and why the recipes are the way that they are. And yeah, I want people in the back who are so much better than me. And, um, but what I don't want is for them to not be able to see my vision and to not know the direction that I'm going with the company and start to shift that and mold that. And a really good example that I, I love to give my staff at American Brew is that when there is a recipe and it's very detailed on the things that go into this recipe and they're making something, correct? Yeah. Yep. So if if one person comes in and they're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, take out the oregano and I think it needs to be cilantro and they start making these small changes, which at the time it's probably not very noticeable. It might go unnoticed. Um, but what happens over the course of a time is that, Eventually, that recipe that you created, the origins, the original thing that you created, transforms into something completely different. And so that's why it's it's really important to to find people and to bring people onto your team um, that that are they have so much potential to grow and they are better than you and they know more than you. Uh, But at the same time, they have to have a very clear understanding of the direction uh, and the purpose of the businesses. 
and, and the culture and what you wanted to create, because that's a lot of what's the driver is behind the kind of system that you build, right, is, is what are you trying to achieve as well? So you don't want to change that. that that's great advice. Um, so, you know, we are getting to the start of, well, we're, we're kind of right at the start of a new year. And, and we talked about before that you've got your kind of goal playing. But if somebody out here, I mean, lots of people, I'm sure will be listening to this to think whether they want to tackle a, a fitness transformation once they see a lot of your stuff. But also it could be a bunch of other things that they're realizing, well, you know what, I really want to, um, you know, tackle a, an entrepreneurial venture. Um, are there a couple of um, quick and easy steps that you think people could do, like literally right after this to start thinking through the process of, of what they can do and, and um, how to kind of kickstart a journey like that and, and uh, kind of tackle a new challenge in the new year? Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere along the way, we've stopped dreaming. And I've even recognized it with myself getting into business and, you know, my day to day is so busy and it's very important, uh, whether you're wanting to start an entrepreneurial journey, whether you're, you know, maybe you're a year or two in is that you can never stop dreaming. And, uh, it, it, it goes down. It's the same process. If you have a fitness goal and the same thing, if you have, uh, a business goal is that you have to map out your way. You have to have uh, a motive because just like any physical challenge, just like any entrepreneurial challenge is it's going to get tough and you're going to have to get gritty and you're going to have to just get lean on everything. And you're going to fail a lot too. That's the thing. You're going to fail a lot, but what you can't do is allow those things to cause you to quit. And whenever we begin the dreaming process of who we want to be, what we want to be doing, we have to constantly check in with ourselves and ask ourselves the question, how are we going to get there? And if, if people are starting 2022 and they're wanting to do something different, they have to be able to see every single detail and aspect of that. And write it down, create the, it doesn't matter, I don't know, vision boards. Um, I love to write and to journal. Um, but you have to start with the dreaming process. And the other thing that is very important for young entrepreneurs to understand is that you don't need a big fancy office. You don't need any overhead if you can manage. If you can do everything on your own and take what you have made from that small little project and reinvest it back into your company, that's when you start to grow. Yeah. And that's, uh, I understand that's kind of what you did originally, right? When you started something, you used the money that you're creating from your first training program and and began to build things. So, so there's some real, um, real tangible stuff that, you know, people just need to kind of go through that process right now. And I think almost every high performer we bring on, um, it is interesting that everybody who has some type of kind of level of a success, almost all of them have a very similar process and it almost goes back to, um, you know, whether it's the visioning and journaling and, and kind of goal setting that, you know, there's something very tangible there and, and being intentional about um, what they do at the start of the year, especially. So, uh, so uh, if people are looking to, to follow kind of you and, and what's happening in, in your different businesses, actually, what are the best ways to do that? Um, usually social media. So, uh, Instagram is ashley.horner. Uh, you can follow some of my vlogs on YouTube. It's Ashley Horner fitness. Um, 
my Facebook is Ashley Horner Fitness, but you can also just find me on my website at ashleyhorner.co. And I think that everything should be uh, connected and linked in there. All right. And what we'll do is we'll make sure in the show notes, all of those links are there so that that way they can kind of um, follow whichever one works best, but um, some, some great stuff on there. I, I know your website is awesome. There's lots of really cool stuff for people to check out. So we'll make sure that um, we drive people to that uh, as well. And, and uh, if you haven't hit subscribe on the podcast, do that right now because we have great people every week, just like Ashley. So, um, so thanks for doing that. And uh, again, thanks for taking the time, Ashley. I know, uh, I know you've, you've probably got a busy day. So thanks for taking the time out to, to check in with us today. Thank you for having me. No problem. And, and we will talk to everybody else uh, again soon on Big Idea, Big Moves.